You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Third long, blitz coming. Prescott fires. Oh, it's intercepted. Far side of the field. Diamador Lenore read it, picked it off, and the Niners in business. Well, this has been the narrative surrounding Dak this year has been the turnovers. Two throws that, that, that I can't have. You can't have in the playoffs. You can't have when you're trying to beat a team like that. You can't have on the road. And, um, yeah, no excuses for that. Those are two are 100% on me. And the two picks today have been huge. What does Prescott have in store? Here he almost threw a game-ending pick. Dre Greenlaw had a beat on it. The flame rises, but it soon Turpin going to take it out. Looking for a seam. Has one. Turpin has the speed. Goal bumps him down. The kicker may have saved it. Well, the MVP of the USFL who made a Pro Bowl and almost changed this game. McCaffrey right up the gun and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. What can you do when your dreams come true? And it's not quite like you planned. Two-man rush. Prescott throws far side. Schultz. Out of bounds with five seconds left. I think they're going to overturn that. Yeah, you see John Lynch there. He's saying no, no, no. Not so fast. We're doing the play. We see that we have one foot in bounds. It's an incomplete pass. Play looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle to Turpin. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it didn't really get to, it didn't get it didn't get going. So um, yeah, I, I really don't want to get into detail of it, but that's obviously wasn't the plan. And despite all that. The Cowboys lose by seven points. I know there's plenty of people around town celebrating today. 49ers fans, it's a double good day for you because you go into the NFC Championship game and you end the Cowboys season. But that is how it comes to an end for the Dallas Cowboys. 19-12 falling to San Francisco in the divisional round. Tower number three, Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Sam Hauser, Scott Galetti here for one more hour tonight. Of course, we're going to get into the much brighter, happier, cheerier, positive stuff going on in sports with Lobo basketball tipping off in a little under an hour now with Nevada tonight at the Lawler Events Center, CBS Sports National TV game tonight, Scott. But what have I been saying from the very beginning, since the very beginning of the season, I mean, really mostly since Dak got back, the Cowboys' most fierce, toughest opponent on any given week is the Dallas Cowboys. And you couldn't have played it out any better than that last night as it was just mistake after mistake after mistake against a team that didn't make one and you still only lost by seven points. 
The hardest part about that, Sam, is all week long, every week since you said that at the beginning of the year, it's been, well, we can't do this again, we can't do this again. And then it culminates with this morning, Keyshawn Johnson going on the air on the morning show saying, what were you doing, Dak? And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know who he's thrown to half the time the last few weeks, but yesterday the interceptions were very reminiscent to the miscues that he had against the Washington Commanders on the road a couple of weeks ago. And the Dak that showed up to Tampa Bay last week, well, I guess he wasn't on the charter flight to make it to San Francisco. I mean, I know that this is the ultimate team game and everybody rows the boat in the same direction. Everybody wins together and everybody loses together. But Dak throws the two picks. The 49ers start those drives on the Cowboys 21 and the Cowboys 35. And the defense holds both of them to field goals. This was still points, though. No, it, it's still yes. points, but uh, you can't ask. But yes, for, field goals. I mean, outside yeah. of creating a turnover, you can't ask for any better than that. When they're twenty-one yards and thirty-five yards away from the end zone with that offense, you can't ask for anything better than that. The defense did everything possible, pretty much. Again, outside of forcing a turnover, but. More often than not, when you're forcing a turnover, it's a two-way street where somebody has to make a mistake, and this 49ers team perpetually, all season, especially since Brock Purdy took over, has not made mistakes. So the next best thing is you hold them to a field goal. This was what we were concerned with more than anything. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we were just as concerned about the defense as we were about the offense coming into this game. Because San Francisco, and they showed it last night, all three levels of that defense, they have studs all over the place. But, of course, so much of the co- the talk about this game was about McCaffrey, Debo, I, you know, so on and so forth. It was all about the offense. And Demarcus Lawrence had, made, had probably, I, I would say, his best game of the season. I mean, maybe there's yeah, some. You were you were texting me back and forth about him, and man, he every time every time you'd say his name, uh, he'd come up with another big play. He had a great night last night. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence has always been solid when he's on the field, but just production wise, disruptive wise, getting in the backfield, this was certainly one of, if not Tank's best game of the season. Micah Parsons played at the high level at the the healthy high said, level. And you said it on our show yesterday, Sam, that you know, they needed a big game out of him and lo and behold they got one. And the guy that they didn't get the game out of that I also brought up yesterday was Trevon Diggs. I mean, if we're going to throw any kind of dark cloud over the defense, it's two playoff games where we're talking about this Cowboys secondary of Trevon Diggs and your guess is as good as mine is who's going to play opposite him. It ends up being Deron Bland last night, the rookie out of Fresno State. But you got to take some ownership and some pride in that number seven. When we're saying yeah. when, we're, when we're saying that it's you and then... Whoever else, we're going to have to figure that out and piecemeal it together, which Dan Quinn did. That means that you're getting elevated to a certain place that there are expectations that come with that. And not only did Trevon Diggs not force any interceptions or get create any turnovers in these two games, he was he was uh, third base O-laying time and time again. Well, he had a close pick, and that was about it. That was the only time I heard his name mentioned the whole game. That's the sad thing. It, 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 the ball went close to him. They said, oh, Diggs should have had a pick. That was the first time I heard his name the whole game. It's like, where was he? 
So that was the biggest question mark of the defense from a guy who you normally don't have questions about. So that was kind of strange. The one thing you mentioned about the concern about the defense, I wasn't as concerned about the defense as maybe I should have been because that 49er offense, even though they didn't put a hell of a lot of points on the board, they were sure efficient when they needed to be. And, uh, you know, Purdy runs that offense as if he's been there for three years. It's amazing the way, you know, it's obviously part of a system, but he – slips right into that system and is so, so good that you don't notice that Garoppolo's out of the ball game. Yeah, allowed that team, that, that offense has been steamrolling everybody. You held them to 19 points and 63 rushing yards. With what McCaffrey and Debo do to everybody when they're on the field, 63 rushing yards, and you lose this game. And I go back now to... Not even just the beginning of the season. I go back to where we were when we were in this chair at this time last year, the day after the Cowboys lose to the 49ers in a playoff game. And as we were just really reminiscing on the season and looking ahead to the next one, which is now this season, which is now over for the Cowboys, one of the things that I really wanted to see, because there was a whole lot of looking around at the other guy, when there were questions about what went wrong, I mean, Mike McCarthy, as the head coach, we know it's on him, and he's going to own it, and he did a, actually did a much better job of that, I think, this year than he did last season. Yes. But there, there was a whole lot of, don't look at me, there was a whole lot of nobody really having an explanation for why the game played out the way that it did, why you lost a home playoff game on wildcard weekend. And one of the things that I talked a lot about over the course of the offseason was I wanted to see accountability because we the the talk about Mike McCarthy's job status was already coming up after that one which I thought was unfair he had just gotten through a COVID season and then at least took the team to a home playoff game as disappointing as it was I wasn't going to go there yet and I'm still not necessarily going there right now but a lot of what's happened over the last 24 hours Scott whether it's you know whether it's the conversations about Mike McCarthy or about Dak there, there, there's this hard line opinion either way. You're either Team McCarthy or Team Anti Fire Him, and Team Dak or Team Dak stinks. It, it's 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 totally polarized at this point. And what's happened over the last 24 hours is the people who were pro, such as myself, and even people who get paid by the Dallas Cowboys who work for the team as analysts and and you know do these conversation pieces, are starting to move a little bit more towards the middle of it's getting harder and harder to defend this. The biggest the the biggest change that I that I wanted to see this year was accountability. Was who's taking ownership when when you lose a game like that that you're not supposed to lose or when there's these these ridiculous plays that pile up over a course of a game or, you know, I mean, really, even if you want to just look at the the play that ended the season last year against San Francisco, there had to be more accountability when it came to the offensive inconsistencies. And I know, you know, Kellen Moore's flashed as a play caller, but there were times when it seemed like McCarthy really needed to be in his ear of, you know, hey, let's talk this through about what's going on. Maybe these game scenarios are going a little bit too fast. Whatever it was, there just there, there wasn't there wasn't enough of a picture of accountability 
when it came to the people in charge, the, the decision makers for this Cowboys team. And I, I sit here after this game, and I feel like we're right back in that exact same spot. I don't know about that, Sam. The, the one difference is, you know, there's two prongs to this. The interceptions by Dak that were, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, unforced because he wasn't necessarily being pressured. He was just looking the wrong way and forced to pass into the wrong spot. You have that. Correct. And then you got the injury to Tony Pollard, which basically, in my opinion, decimated the game plan for the Cowboys. Yeah, you've got Zeke, but you don't have the Zeke of old. You've got the Zeke who kind of fell behind Tony Pollard. Once he was gone, they had to implement a different offense, and guess what? You didn't have time to game plan for that offense. So there was that. I don't put this game on McCarthy yesterday, except for what the hell was that final play? Uh, they, they, they line up the strangest formation, then they throw a pass right into the teeth of three defenders where the guy who makes the catch gets plowed. Uh, There's the end of your season. So that play call probably goes on McCarthy. After that, I don't blame McCarthy. I blame basically I I think Dak is more at fault for yesterday because we've already established the defense was damn good. They held San Francisco to a low total. It was the offense that had to settle for field goals. Yeah, you had that blocked extra point, but then uh, your field goal kicker finally made a couple. So, you know, he was the story even though he shouldn't have been the story. In my opinion, the execution on some plays goes to Dak, but then again, some of that happened with Pollard out of the lineup where he didn't have his go-to guy from the past few weeks in the lineup. So there's a lot of different things to look for. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you at the same time on what you're saying about the whole season because now you, you probably don't have the same questions as you had a year ago, in my opinion, but you have more questions than you did a year ago. It's funny about that final play. I'm at, I'm actually okay with that. Of, of, of everything that, that went on I'm in that okay game. I'm okay with the setup and everything, but where was it? Why was he throwing it right to three defenders? He's not going to get away from those three guys. No, I, I have a feeling that that was not the plan. Or if it was, then that, I don't think that was if the that plan. If that was Otherwise, the plan... Don't ever run that play again. Yeah, if that was the plan, then that becomes a very different conversation. But I don't see how you go through the mental exercise of lining up two of your offensive linemen on the near side of the field next to T.Y. Hilton, and the plan is to throw it to somebody in the middle of the field. But going back to the two things you talk about, you talk about the Dak interceptions, and you talk about Tony Pollard. So I can actually look at those two things, and they fall under the umbrella of accountability that I was just talking about, and here's why. Okay, so let's start with Dak. In, in, in a vacuum, in just looking at this game as a single sample and nothing else, yeah, of course, those interceptions are on him. But after every game where he's had one or two of these ridiculous, just silly-looking interceptions all year, we've heard the same thing over and over again of, you know, that can't happen, I have to be better, that's on me, not, not good enough, inexcusable, so on and so forth, whatever you want to call it. And some of that is on Dak, but some of that, eventually, after enough of those cases, it goes to the coaching staff of, okay, why is this happening? Either McCarthy and Kellen Moore sit in with Dak, McCarthy and Kellen Moore talk to each other, some combination of three of those. sure they did, that's the problem. Well, well, then, then then they weren't doing their job good enough. If this is still happening every week, 
and a lot of them are because he's throwing it. He he's he, he's not seeing something on the field. So when you're going through film study during the week, it's when and you're making the same mistakes over and over again. That absolutely does go towards accountability. Now we we can come back to that because I know I, I know you want to respond, but Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard goes out again in a vacuum in the one in the picture of just last night's game. It does have a huge impact, but if you're offensive prowess is is as fragile as a Fabergé egg and everything rests on Tony Pollard and you can't run a competent offense anymore in a playoff game, then that goes back to the beginning of the season when I was well, not... when your main guy's doing reps throughout the week and the other guys aren't getting the main reps, yeah, there, there is a problem when he leaves the game. Because, yeah, you got Zeke, but he wasn't taking all the reps like Pollard was during the week. Well, and that's, that's just the way football is. And that's by design, and that's fine. Zeke shouldn't be the premier back. The Malik Davis should have got some run last night. If you really want to know what you have in Malik Davis, give him the the, hand, the ball a couple of times. He's proven when Pollard has been out with these thigh injuries, he's proven that he can, hand, you know, in a smaller role, you know, seven, eight carries in a game, he can handle it. But right. then you then you don't ha- you're, you're still not getting your other receivers involved. You have three other guys out there besides CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz that you can throw the ball to, and just for whatever reason, it's it's not happening. And that's something that we probably, you know, we don't know because we're not I don't in- think they were open yesterday. That had a lot to do with the 49er defense from the replays I was seeing. Then you weren't ready for the game. Accountability. Okay. So, back to Dak. What you're talking about, if we knew about this every week, then it's the same issue as your kicker. Well, maybe we should put Cooper Rush in to start. Problem solved. You don't have a guy with something in the back of his head bothering him, and maybe he can watch a couple of snaps to get his head back into the game. It's not the same thing. If, well, if he's having the same issues Dak every doesn't week, have the yips. No. no well, <laughs> yes, he does have the yips. He had two of them yesterday, and he had two of them against, uh, against Washington. Those are the yips, my friends. Because he threw a right in. He had back-to-back interceptions that should have been back-to-back to the same guy two weeks ago because he threw to the wrong spot that's two times in a row. No, then that's not playing good quarterback is what it is. It, yeah, that's kind of where then we're you bring at today. In your, yeah, then you bring in your replacement. I mean, you're not Because gonna- your quarterback is not ready to play is what you're telling me. And maybe they should be looking for another quarterback. Realistically, now the Dak doesn't seem to have it anymore. Because one week is fine, two weeks maybe. He's done this, what, about four or five weeks now? I mean, more than that, but but the point still stands. But I mean, four and five weeks that have mattered. You're not going to put Cooper Rush in a one-score division playoff game, but it speaks to... Well, you're not going to put the running back that you were talking about either in a in a divisional playoff game. Sure, I mean, sure you are. He he he, he's. I mean, it's again like your comparison with Dak and 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 Brett Maher. It's not the same thing putting in a a running back versus the guy who's got to lead the whole offense. This offense, but but, but has Cooper Rush run the offense? Yes, he has. Has Cooper Rush won some games? Yes, he has. You're not talking about a guy who sat his ass on the bench for two years. There's a difference there. The guy has played this year. You got to work through it when it's happening, and there there didn't seem to be enough of that for two years now. This offense has been too reactionary and not enough, you know, not not enough uh, pro. Been too reactive instead of proactive, rather than coming in with 
plan A, plan B. We got to figure out why this is happening and fix it now rather than when it bites us and ends our season. Now we're going to say, okay, yeah, now we got to look back at this. Dak's saying in the post game, now I'll sit down and look through all these interceptions and see what went wrong. What says you couldn't have been doing that this entire time? I thought he already did say that, which if he did already say that, that's bad. Because I, I could have sworn he already said that. So now he said it again as if it's brand new. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Steam Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. He's Scott Galetti. I'm Sam Hauser. I had a boss a long, long time ago who, when you know, you're trying to get all your coworkers together and be on the same page, and he had this whole thing that he would say about silos versus Olympic rings. You know, you got these you got five you got five silos that are all you know, uh, together, but they're not touching, they're not connecting, they're not working together versus the Olympic rings, you know, on the design in the Olympic rings, they all cross over each other. That's kind of where where the Cowboys have been at for the last two years now, where you're resting on, on yeah, most games, you are more talented than the other team. You should beat the other team. You have a better, you have better coach, quarterback, position players, whatever it is, but when it comes time to playing an equal match... The problem, you know, the problems that have been there this entire time get a bigger light shown, you know, flashed right on them. I'm so mad at you right now, Sam, because now anytime I go to a place that has a silo, I'm gonna think about the Cowboys. Good, good. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe if maybe if the Cowboys would do that, we wouldn't be in this guy in this position again. They're losing exactly. in the losing in games that they the, losing these games that make you want to tear your hair out. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a game that you were just waiting for them to take, and they never looked like they were close to taking. It was a very weird game because they held the 49ers down, which was one of the biggest keys, but they also needed to score. And if you would have asked me if they were only going to score 12 points yesterday, I would have said you were nuts. By the way, you talk about uh, Tony Pollard, Elijah Mitchell – was actually the 49ers' leading rusher yesterday. If you're... Remember, remember on the playoff roster, it's not even 53. It's not even a 53-man roster. It's down to 48. So if you're on that playoff roster, it's because you're ready to play and the coaches believe That's that you can point. contribute in a game. So if Malik Davis is on the roster... He's he earned it. He earned an opportunity I'm not during Malik Davis. I'm no, just, but he I'm, earned an I'm opportunity saying, during you know. the regular season, and you can't just throw away your entire game plan and say we're just going to throw it every time. And no, and, what they threw away is they should have ran, or they should have ran some screens for Zeke. Is what they should have done, and get the ball into his hands and let him get some, you know, some running room to do something where you weren't going right into the teeth of the 49er defense. This team sold us this roster. Going into week one of the season, they sold us this roster that we had questions about, that they said was good enough, and you get to a game yesterday where the team that won is clearly by far and away the superior team with the superior roster. No, in the, in the end, they looked like the superior team. They made the plays they needed to make. They shut things down when they needed to shut it down. They came up with the big offensive play when they needed to. And for a rookie, Purdy was about as steady as a rock. Just like Jamal Mashburn Jr., solid as Sears used to be. <laughs> By the way, uh, just... Or or uh, here's one that we've never used. Uh, you've used Montgomery Ward. Solid as a Woolworths. You probably don't even know what that is. I, I don't have the slightest clue. <laughs>
It was in uh, it was in those realms of stores. So okay. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it didn't really get to, it didn't get it didn't get going. So um, yeah, I, I really don't want to get into detail, but that's obviously wasn't the plan. Okay. Good talk. That's how your season <laughs> comes to an end. That concludes the twenty twenty two. Losing wasn't a losing to the 49ers wasn't part of the plan. Okay. Plan B. Well, he's talking about the final play. He's talking about the... I know. I know what he's talking about. I'm just saying, you know, in retrospect, and since you're playing it again, now it works for the post game. So, yeah, hey, we, we, we didn't get where we wanted to be. You know, drop a new plan. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't really get, to, it didn't get, it didn't get going. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't want to get into detail of it, but that's obviously wasn't the plan. As well put together as the final play played itself out to conclude the Dallas Cowboys football season. We'll come back <laughs> what with a much, way to end the year, huh? We'll come back with much more team talk next.